Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome into another edition of Her Playbook. My name is Madeline Burke, and I'm thrilled to be joined by a woman who has been on the NFL sidelines longer than anyone else in this industry. 29 seasons about to be. Pam Oliver joining the program. When you hear that, Pam, I can see the joy and the, like, wow, 29, 29 <laughs> it NFL is seasons. Crazy. <laughs> it is so crazy. And um, first of all, I'm going, that makes me really tired when I hear that number. Um, it is. It's flown by. Um, I talk to a lot of my friends who are in this business, and I think a life in general, you just seem like everything's on this fast pace. And it, you know, I never saw myself, you know, being at one spot for 29 years. You, you never, never see that. You know the business. You know how it goes. Right. Um, you know, you're kind of one contract away from staying or going. And I don't know how many people understand that, but it works. You know, it's a business and, you know, you could be in one, you know, one cycle and out the next. And that's television. You know, that's the way it goes. I'm sure you know that pretty well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you, you know, there's a lot of movement, moving pieces, but that that consistency and that stability is such a unique element of your career. But I want to go back to the to the origin story. I mean, you grew up, you were an athlete growing up. What <laughs> what drew you to this vocation and this career path? How did you know that this is something you wanted to do? I knew early I was um, a really a news junkie when I was growing up, starting very, very young. I used to love to watch the local news at six o'clock. I would stop everything I'm doing, run in the house because I was really um, excited to see the inaction stuff, you know, go, let's go out to the scene and with so-and-so and you know, just the pace and the movement. I was something that attracted me really, really early. And then I started participating in sports. Uh, when I was around eight, nine years old, um, just local stuff, summer summer baseball, uh, softball at that point. We weren't allowed to play baseball at that point. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, just getting involved with that way. And I, I fell in love with sports, hook, hook, line, and sinker, the Olympics, um, just all sorts of events. Of course, the Super Bowl, football, baseball, it was not a matter of looking at it and saying, well, I'm a female and this only pertains to me. I, you know, I would jump out and play baseball with the guys in a minute, you know, people my age, and they weren't excited to see me, but um, I was out there. And so that's how it all started for me at a very young age. And it just stuck. Yeah. 
And I mean, you're no slouch of an athlete. Your track and field background has you in, I believe, your collegiate hall of fame. In my school's hall of fame. Yes. That is incredible yeah, accomplishment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a great time. I That collegiate um, athletic arena, I think you have to treat it like a job. It's like you finish your classes and you go and you work out for two or three hours. You do those two a days in the, in the fall. And uh, it just sets you up. I also was able to parlay that into working in the um, sports athletic department and using those opportunities to write stories, to string stories for the Orlando Sentinel. So I, I made sure, and, and that's something I tell young women and young men today is just kind of find a way to immerse yourself um, in that area. So you can prep and be kind of ahead of the game when um, it's all said and done, but just having that ability to participate at those levels, really key and very helpful to me later. Absolutely. And especially to knowing how to you know take care of yourself, take care of your body, mm -hmm. recover on that level as an athlete it has to be useful tools in, in this grind of an NFL season when you're traveling, when you're on the move, when you're, you know, kind of keeping up with so many different things, both physically and mentally. How does that how does one prepare for an NFL season on the sidelines when you're traveling coast to coast all over the country to cover it? It never stops. It you work a game Sunday, you know this girl. Yeah. You work it, you work the game on Sunday. Then someone gave me the worst advice is to try to take Monday to decompress, and I tried that a couple of times. I spent the week just trying to catch up. You yeah. have to read constantly. It's it doesn't stop, and you know it's something that for me I still prepare the same way. I haven't. You know, am I working smart? Am I just, you know, working harder? What What's that saying? Um, work, work work smarter, not harder, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's yeah. it. Um, but I find that I only have one gear and that's just, you know, full steam ahead and preparing for these teams. It's just tons of information every single week to um, get prepared for Sunday. And that could amount to two reports. It could amount to four reports sometimes cutting room floor, a lot of cutting room floor information. So, but you've got to, you've got to know it. Absolutely. And, you know, that prep is huge. Well, because you mentioned it's there's so much information that's left on the cutting room floor, but you never know if there's going to be a game with a weather delay right. or something like that. <laughs> and it's like, all right, Pam, you've got to fill all this time. <laughs> what do you got to I've tell had us? That happen. And I've had that happen a couple of times. Let's, let's go to Pam. I'm like, for what? You know, we're it's a little weather delight, delay and beyond that, what's next? But yeah, you've got to be prepared for, for it all. I worked a game, not the Super Bowl in New Orleans, but there was a, a game at when it was, yeah, at MetLife. Um, um, and it was, the lights went out just briefly. And, you know, guys are ducking for cover. And that was one of those times where you're completely away from the game and you're focusing on the atmosphere and um that those those are really kind of fun because you have to throw it all aside and report yeah good old-fashioned reporting so that's that's a fun thing too 
Yeah, because that's the other thing, too. It's like with every game, you've covered over 500 NFL games in every single one of them, I'm sure. That is so many games. That is such an accomplishment. And every single one of them is a story in and of itself. I'm sure you go in, you prepare, and you say this, this, and this is what I'm going to talk about. And inevitably, Mm -hmm. there's always a plot twist, right? There's always a plot twist. Um, And, you know, the injuries, you don't know when injuries are coming. So you have to immediately um, pivot into... You know, this guy can be a key figure um, to the defense, for example, and he goes out and you need to know who's coming in behind him. A little, a few nuggets about the person that's, you know, coming in to fill that void. And um, that's where the preparation comes in. Um, you have to know, um, just just be prepared for really anything out there. Just knowing that they're counting on you to have that information to fill in that is something that keeps you on your toes and you're like hey you know I I can't believe I know this but you know I can feel it can't believe I don't know where I read it but I know I read it and you can you can fill in the blank so that's pretty cool yeah and I imagine too a lot of that is learning to not only learn how to prepare but trust your own preparation right because sometimes Mm -hmm. you know you'll be standing there like I'm pretty sure this is right is this right I hope it's right (laughs) but you know such a pro like yourself I'm sure you've gotten that down to a science over Mm -hmm. the course of your career when you look back I always think you know personally I feel like I learn more from the mistakes I've made than the successes is there a moment that you're like okay this is something that I learned so much from that I can share Mm -hmm. with other people who look to follow in Mm -hmm. my footsteps you know what? Um, I don't know how much you know about my background background, but I started in news. I couldn't get a job in sports. Such did not exist um, back in, you know, when I started in the in the early 80s, you know, so I took a news job and I said it's all television. So I'm going to, you know, throw everything into this and, you know, did gubernatorial campaigns, murder trials, you know, that 11 o'clock, um, you know, it's just fast paced. And so I learned a lot. Um, my first job, I covered agriculture. Now, what do you know about agriculture? Do you know anything about it? it but you know what? Yeah. They hired you, so you better figure it out. And, um, you know, that's one of my mottos. If you don't know, you just have to, you better figure it out um, and quickly. So I learned a lot in those early days. I went from Hunts, I went from Albany, Georgia to Huntsville, Alabama to Buffalo, New York, and then to Tampa, where I went from news to sports. And I wasn't anticipating that move even happening. I'd given up on sports. I said, this is just not going to happen for me. Yeah. So I, you know, immersed myself and grew to love news, even though it's it, it takes a toll, you know, it takes a toll on your psyche. Um, just mentally, it's draining. Emotionally, it's draining because a lot of time the news is bad. And then an opportunity popped up at my same station in Tampa and I had to be talked into it because I was like, oh, you know, at this point, you know, I'm kind of getting this news thing down. And people are like, my friends were like, Pam, this is, you've talked about this for years. And you mean to tell me, you're not going to jump in, uh, you know, now while you've got this opportunity. And I said, I went to my news director. He said, I think this is the biggest mistake. Nobody will ever hear your name again. And 
Bob Franklin told me that. Um, but you know, it, it worked out pretty, pretty well for me. I think it did. I think it definitely did. <laughs> you know, it worked out, worked out for you. I feel like a few people have heard your name since yeah, then. And in and in a great so. way. And in a great <laughs> way. That is an incredible journey. And there's so many forks in the road that we come to, of course, in our own growth and our own journeys. And you know, you cover so many athletes, so many games. You talked about the injuries too. That's a big part of the game. Mm -hmm. But you've been very candid, too, about things that you've dealt with, your migraines especially being something mm -hmm. that is a hurdle for you. You know, you mm -hmm. talk about athletes playing hurt, but broadcasters play hurt, too, sometimes. Yeah. What goes yeah. into that for you, and what's that struggle been like in your career? I'm going to tell you the truth. There were I missed a couple of games because the migraine was just so intense. I couldn't focus. My I get a little, uh, my vision goes a little bit, and... I thought it would be detrimental to the team, my broadcast team, you know, and to me to um, kind of push through it. But there have been millions of other times that I have pushed through it. I get, you know, I'm maybe two um, within a span of 14 days. That's typically my pattern. Yes, um, but it's gotten so much better. Um, I found a medication that the minute I start feeling poorly, I take this medication. You get sick before you get better, um, but it, it started to work beautifully for me, and I've been migraine-free for about three months. Oh, that's so incredible. I hope I never have to worry about if I'm going to be able to to put in the work. Um, I remember I had a game, um, giant stadium. I forget who they were playing. I think the 49ers. And I woke up that in the middle of the night and I, all the familiar, um, things going on with the nausea, the sensitivity, the light. And so about four o'clock in the morning, um, I started running around knowing that I had to get to urgent care or ER or something like that. And I knew it was time to, um, but I worked the game and I was so proud of myself for doing that yeah. because it's not easy. As anybody who suffers knows, it's like ne needles, you know, being put into your eye or something. So yeah, I'm yeah. encouraged yeah. Put it that way. Well, and, mm -hmm. the, and that just shows like the strength and the ability of someone being able to push through. And I'm sure it helps you relate, especially in these conversations mm -hmm. that you have with these players post game, you know, guys who do pull it together and play hurt and do kind of have to show up and make that decision of, can I help my team in this setting? You know that feeling very well. Um, and that's, you know, and talk a little bit about what it's like for you building these relationships with these players over the decades mm -hmm. and how that process is and, and what the key to that is for you? I think the key is, you know, why talk only talk to guys when you need something? Ask about their families. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious about things anyway. Ask about their families. What are their goals? Um, what are some of the things, you know, that they're looking forward to? Um, you know, you know it well, because a guy can be the hottest thing, and then he's just Oh, he's had this devastating knee or ankle injury and um, is he out to pasture? And I think knowing their personal stories, not always wanting something from them, mm -hmm. just to be able to talk about their lives. You know, I'm, I'm just as curious about what's going on with them off the field as, you know, as, as things go on the field. You know, we're all seeing their performances and 
you know, but to me, you know, how, how are your kids, you know, how's your family? Mm -hmm. Those things matter in building relationships, but you got to be curious about it. And, you know, I'm, I'm real in that sense. And they know that they can trust me um, with information. If things are off the record, boy, you better, you better, you know, adhere to that. And it has to be sacrosanct in a lot of ways. And so, yeah, these, these guys, it's a matter of building trust. That's what I always tell these young people. Just, you know, not always, you know, what's the key to the game? You know, mm-hmm. really, you can ask them that question three hours before kickoff. Those are during the week questions. You know, you don't want to bother guys with that. Right. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's also a reminder, too, to fans out there. Like so mm-hmm. often fans look at athletes as, oh, this guy, what has he done on my fantasy team or how is this impacting <laughs> my team? Whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, right. everyone has They're their people. own. Yeah, exactly. They're people, people. and like and telling the stories and, and what you do and telling the stories and humanizing all these players individual journeys. That's got to be, I mean, you are, on top of being a reporter, you're also a storyteller. And that's a skill Mm -hmm. that, you know, you've exhibited in multiple jobs along your career. Is that something you take a lot of pride in? I do. And um, that's that's the secret, I think, to it all for me is storytelling. Um, And I learned that from my news days. And I learned that just along the way that it's not always about the X's and O's or the numbers or you know, positioning. Um, it's about them, you know, because it's, what is it like the average football career is like two years. Mm-hmm. It was 2.3 for a while. And it hovered around that two years. That's not long. Um, it's the length of the average um, football career. So you've got to, you know, I think be able to understand that these guys may come and go, but they put everything into realizing that dream. That's why I like draft night so much. I love to watch the draft because you're looking at these backstories. You're, you know, getting into what these guys have dreamt of since they were little bitty kids. And some nights it doesn't work out for a player. Their name isn't called. But I really think it's cool to hear the backstories of what some of these guys um, are doing and have done throughout their lives. And then putting it all together on draft night and then, you know, their careers are to start. So there's a build half the time. Some of the personal stuff is not going to make the air. Right. Sometimes you got to be ready um, in case it does, in case, you know, the game flows in a certain way. Um, I, you know, it's just always, it's always something that you should have in your pocket, but it's also something you should be, curious about, want to know about, and be interested in. Totally. Yeah. And that's so true, too. You see the origin story. You see these guys getting drafted and realizing their dreams. And that's just the beginning. And a lot Mm -hmm. of these guys come into the league and say, I want to win a Super Bowl. You have covered multiple Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. You've covered so many games. Is there one game that you look at and say, this is one of the most memorable experiences of my career? And I know that's hard to do. It's like saying, oh, what's, you know. Yeah, what's your favorite kid? Yeah. Um, it's not that I've taken them for granted, but each one is so special of the Super Bowls. They're so special, but I've appreciated many of, you know, wild card weekends and I just love football. So whether it's week seven or playoff time or a Super Bowl matchup, um, I just love football. So it's hard for me to pick, um, 
but I've done some really, really exciting ones. Um, Giants Patriots. I'm not just saying that because I'm on this. Um, that Super Bowl was truly exciting with, you know, helmet catch and all that. Um, that was a really fun one to um, to cover. But I, they've all just been really, really special. And if you don't appreciate the bigness of those kind of games, not from a standpoint where you're freaking yourself out, but you kind of, I always take a minute to look around and 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 take in the environment. Um, no matter what kind of week it is, I'm, you know, week one, week 13, um, last week of the season, I always take time to literally look around the building I'm at and take it in, just take it in the smell of grass, you know, the pyrotechnics, um, that's when I really get going. If they were to play, welcome to the jungle before all of that, I would be, that's when I'm beside myself. So yeah, those things are, they're amazing, but it's hard to hone in on one particular Super Bowl. Absolutely. One of the other elements too, that, that doesn't get talked about enough, I think in the world of sideline reporting, especially in the NFL is Mm -hmm. just that the elements, the weather, you know, being, being out there for a game, whether it is cold, it is windy, it is rainy, Mm -hmm. it is snowing, your face is cold. I I mean, I've been on the sidelines for a few games at Giant Stadium where I've thought, this is it. This is where I go. Mm -hmm. Like, I I will not survive this. I know. I'm on Amazon on Monday. (laughs) I'm looking at the forecast. I'm ordering stuff to have shipped to the hotel. I'm I really kind of panic when I look at the forecast and it's anything really in the thirties or below, even the thirties kind of, you know, cause it depends on wind chill and, and all of those things too. But the elements, some like if you're doing a, a game in green Bay in December, the elements are part of the story. You know, some teams can handle it better than others. I always marveled at how the Packers were able to play. And then I know they're used to it, but they're still normal people, you know, and I've never quite understood that, but been in a number of situations where I was just frozen solid. Yeah. And, you know, people like come over here, get by the heater, big mistake, because then all you want to do is stay by the heater. And when you can't be by the heater, you, you're, you just freeze up, but I'm not fond of cold weather, but like a rain game, um, those games are fun um, as long as the temperature is in normal normal range. But um, those games are are hysterical, you know, because you're sitting there. It's like, you know, somebody wants to pull out an umbrella. It's, it's hard to work around an umbrella. So you just kind of throw that thing to the side and get out there and, you know, be with it because that's a part of the story as well is how some some people some teams handle the weather better than others but sideline reporting you know the drill it's just it's crap shoot basically <laughs> <laughs> With so me it is. anyway it's a, it's a total crap shoot on how it's gonna go it's so true and you just gotta buckle up and, and embrace it especially with the elements man it, it can be so cold sometimes out there <laughs> but it is like you said part of the story and i always wonder like we talk about how oh these teams the green bay packers they're used to it well what if one of the guys on the packers is from atlanta is from florida yeah. it doesn't mean you know just because he plays there now I mean, traded from the dolphins or something right going into that situation yeah right it's tough but that's why coaches actually address it in team meetings you know it's going to be cold cold for everybody you hear those same old kind of cliches but that's you know when it's a situation where 
weather could be a factor, you have to address it. It's like the elephant in the room. You can't ignore it, you know, because remember how Tom Coughlin wouldn't wear a coat? He would just wear like a, a, a jacket because, and then he looked like he'd look like a tomato yeah. head. Yeah. Basically. yeah. His face is all red. And but he was trying to get that message through that you have to get over the elements. Yeah. It's like it's a mental toughness thing. It's like the times mm-hmm. that you see the, you know, linemen going in the short sleeves and 10 below. And it's like, I'll that, never understand that. That can't ever. be fun. That can't be fun. No, But, you know, Pam, you are you are such a pioneer and a groundbreaker in this industry and you have been around for so long. And that's one of the things, too, especially for women, especially for women in this field, in this visual medium. There's often this narrative that, oh, there's a shelf life for women, that after a certain point, you know, there Mm -hmm. there's a turning of the tides. But what is the key in your eyes to longevity and not just longevity, but longevity at a high level, at a successful level like you've been like you've been able to do? And, you know, as, at a certain age, um, I feel um, great. I still love it as much as, as I did in the beginning. But you have to have, I think, established, uh, you have to establish some sort of track record. And you have to establish that um, you're still up for the task. And I'm surprised, basically, at my longevity, because this business can be cruel, but I will take it. Um, You know, I'm really proud of having that longevity, but, you know, people are always asking me, oh, I heard you're going to retire. When are you going to retire? Oh, you know, should you retire? And I always, I hate that question. Mm -hmm. Um, I go around asking you when you're going to retire. Right. When it happens, you'll know it. It'll be on social media. It'll be on whatever. It can be on any kind of outlet. Social media, I'm not participating in mm-hmm. at the, I've never joined that cult in <laughs> Syria. <laughs> never joined that. But yeah, I understand people, um, these kids, they call me, you know, yes, Miss Pam. Yes, Miss Oliver. And it's, and ma'am, ma'am is my favorite. And <laughs> well, you know, they grew up watching me, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was born, you know, 15, 20 years before, you know, um, I mean, they were born 15, 20 years before as I'm, you know, embarking on my career. So um, I don't participate in that conversation from the standpoint of it being a topic. I appreciate the question from you. I'm not saying, you know, I thought that was a very good question because obviously if you're in it for over 30, almost 30 years at one place, you know, I did have that, you know, nine year span where I was in news. That's a long career. Yeah. And um, I I know that and I I don't take it for granted again because I, I love the sport and I'm fortunate. But my primary um, appreciation is my love for journalism. You know, I can't get enough of it. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm always, I'm always trying to find new ways and always trying to find new avenues, you know, and other things, but this is, this is my gig. It's, you know, what floats my boat and, you know, I'm really happy to have been involved this long. 
Absolutely. And almost 30 years at one place, you're clearly doing mm-hmm. something right. And I love to see it. I'm so thrilled to, yeah. to continue to watch you on the sidelines mm-hmm. this season coming up. And before before we let you go, I just have to ask, you know, when you when you look to some of the younger men and women uh, coming mm-hmm. up in this industry and, and the people that would look to, to follow in your footsteps, what's one piece of advice that you wish you had earlier? Mm-hmm. That it's okay to make mistakes, even now, Mm -hmm. make plenty of them. I make plenty of mistakes, but it's okay to make a mistake. But what the challenge is, you got to put it behind you. You know, it's got to be in the ozone. You got to be a defensive back. You know, somebody makes a good play on you. You have to erase it and go on. So um, I always tell them to, you know, find something in failure that you'll learn from the next time or why did that happen? What, what made me um, not get in all the information I wanted to? I'll, we have uh, somebody that goes back and reviews our games and, um, you know, Pam halftime report and add a little comment or something. I can't wait for that because, you know, when you've made a mistake and you know that you got to move on and got a whole game to do. So Um, I still practice that. And it's always some advice I want to share with younger people. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. Just live to see another down, put it behind you and keep it moving forward. Pam Mm -hmm. Oliver, thank you so much for sharing your story and your time with us. Really enjoyed it. It It's a nice conversation. Thank you so much. It has been such a treat to chat with you and to get to know you on this episode of Her Playbook. That's a wrap for us today, Pam. It has been a pleasure. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.